Ah, and we are live. Welcome back to Takes by Fans. We got a great show for you today. As always, we are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, head over to twitch.tv slash Takes by Fans. If you want to watch but not live, head over to our YouTube channel, Takes by Fans. We post all of our shows and clips of the show there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. So however you want to watch Listen, we've got you covered multiple ways. Alrighty, today's a big old Friday, folks. And man, oh man, what the? I mean, uh, there is so much to talk about today. Jeez Louise, we had the NFL Honor Awards last night. So we found out who won, you know, Rookie of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year. MVP, mm-hmm. we'll talk all about that, folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had the NBA trade deadline, and we all got the trade that we were kind of hoping we got, and then we also got a lot of other kind of weird, but some other really good trades overall. So we got to break down the entirety of the NBA trade deadline. Uh, we got to watch something about the Super Bowl today to kind of once again see what our pick is going to be. We are not making our official pick today on the show. That is coming tomorrow. I know everybody on the mainstream media networks, the ESPNs, the Fox Sports, all of that, they're all going to be making their official picks today because, you know, they do Monday through Friday. We don't got no classic, you know, Monday through Friday work week uh, restrictions over here, folks. We're here every single day. So we're doing that on tomorrow's show. Live, making our official final prediction that we've done two weeks of research on, and then we're going to be doing a big old prop hunting tomorrow on the show as well. So that's the majority of what we're doing tomorrow: props, 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 betting, uh, final pick, and all that. We're that's coming at you at tomorrow's show. But uh, we're still going to check the line today. We're still going to watch Matthew Stafford's best statistical offensive game this season. And we'll see if we can get to Joe Burrow's game against the Titans and kind of rewatch all those big sacks again and see how we feel about it heading into the biggest game, the final game of the season. Uh, we still got to break down all the NBA from last night. There's uh, two things I want to touch upon in the NFL besides the awards and all that. So we truly have a great show for you, packed show for you. So let's start it off. And before we get to anything, folks, I want to start the show by giving praise, giving applaud, folks, to the MVP, Aaron Rodgers. Oh, my God. How great, folks. How great was Aaron Rodgers this season only throwing four interceptions? Sheesh. Sheesh. That's got to be so gosh dang great, right? Because that's why he won the MVP, right? Because he threw four interceptions because the man is a conservative quarterback. So only throwing four interceptions to win the MVP, that man must have went undefeated in the regular season, right? The man is playing this Sunday in the Super Bowl because that's what four interceptions... That's what that gives you, right? You 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 win every game. You're flawless. You're putting up all the points. You're the best team in the league by only throwing four interceptions. That's what everybody's harping on, right? Because it wasn't the yards. We know, we know he didn't win MVP because of the yards, right? Because the man had, uh, what, 1,200? 1,200 less yards than Tom Brady? 1,200 less yards, but he still won MVP? Oh, oh, he must have had more touchdowns, right? The touchdown to interception ratio, the more touchdowns, right? With only those four interceptions, that must have been good, right? Well, he had six less touchdowns as well. Oh. Oh. 
Well, Tom Brady did have 12 interceptions, so I guess that's why. I mean, 12 to 4. I mean, we're, we're talking double digits and single digits, so that must be the reason why, you know, Aaron Rodgers had such a better record than Tom Brady, right? The, the, the four interceptions, you know, throwing the ball away, being conservative, not, you know, winning the, you know, the closer games in the playoffs and all that. It's a regular season award. We get it, folks. But, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers must have went 17-0, the first ever 17-0 season, right? Because he only threw four interceptions. So that's win that wins games, right? Not throwing interceptions. Oh, wait. Aaron Rodgers, 13 wins. Tom Brady, 13 regular season wins. Oh. So what did Aaron Rodgers actually do this season? <laughs> threw the ball away. <laughs> he threw the ball away. Oh, okay. That's why y'all gave him MVP? Because he threw the ball away? Because he only committed four interceptions? <laughs> Got bounced first round as the number one seed? Okay. <laughs> That's your MVP, folks. So let's give it up to Aaron Rodgers, folks. Aaron Turtle Rodgers winning back-to-back -back MVP. So deserving because he only threw four interceptions. I've never seen anything like this before in my life, folks. Only four interceptions. That's it? That's it? Well, what about Tom Brady throwing two in 2016? How about that? How about that? I've seen that before. How about in 2010 when Tom Brady threw four interceptions? Nah, how about that? Okay. So, uh, Aaron Rodgers, congratulations. So deserving of MVP. I mean, only those four interceptions, and he was such so great this season. So great this season and led his team to so many more wins because of those four interceptions. Oh, my God. So great, right? So congratulations, Aaron Rodgers, on your undeserved, your undeserved MVP. Congratulations. We'll talk about that a little bit more uh, once we get to all the awards. But let's shift gears to the NBA, and we'll start the show here. And uh, before we break down the games and everything like that, folks, we had the NBA trade deadline from last night, and it truly lived up. I mean, the NBA tra trade deadline, folks, is so much better than the NFL trade deadline. And man, oh man, did we get that last night. So let's talk through all the trades that we saw yesterday. Let's start here with the big one that everybody Everybody knows. Here we go. The 76ers and the Nets finally did the deal. The 76ers get James Harden and they give up Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, a 2022 first round pick and a 2027 first round pick. But uh, let's start here with the 76ers. Obviously, they won the trade here. Absolutely, hands down, no debate. They won the trade. Uh, James Harden. Is fantastic, folks. Obviously, he can facilitate the floor. He can shoot. He can score. He can do it all. And that's a little bit of what the uh, you know the 76ers were missing. We get like Tyrese Maxey. Absolutely, he's solid. But we see James Harden like quadruple the overall production that we get from Tyrese Maxey. And then you get James Harden with Joel Embiid. Fantastic. Ben Simmons wasn't playing. He would never play for the 76ers team again. So it's not like they were, you know, actively losing big time offensive production in Ben Simmons for the 76ers. So this is an absolute win. You get a hungry James Harden who's ready to prove everybody on the Nets wrong. We see Kevin Rant doing him dirty in the All-Star game selection, not drafting James Harden, drafting injured, what was it, Rudy Gobert? Rudy Gobert over James Harden on his final pick, disrespecting him and all that. So James Harden wants to win to kind of, you know, rub it in the face of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And then when we talk about the Nets, Ben Simmons, 
he doesn't want to go down low. He doesn't want to play the big position. So uh, he's going to play the guard. He's going to play the one and have Kyrie play the two. We know Kyrie doesn't want to play the one. So is Ben Simmons going to be your number one on this team? The James Harden. Are we going to be able to get scoring here by Ben Simmons? Yeah, you know, he can pass it to you know, Kevin Rand and Curry, and that's fine. James Harden did that, no problem. But James Harden was also giving us like 28-plus points a game here. Is Ben Simmons going to be able to do that for this Nets team? No, I don't think so. He may be able to do it, but his game, folks, I don't know. We know the Nets kind of coddled their, play, coddled their players a little bit. I mean, if Doc Rivers was not able to get kind of Ben Simmons to kind of buy into the overall team, we think Steve Nash is going to be able to do that, who can't speak up for himself anyway in the first place. So I don't even like Ben Simmons going to the Nets, honestly. Uh, they get Seth Curry also. That's a solid other piece because we know this Nets team they were just absolutely trash besides the big three of Kevin Durant James Harden Kyrie Irving that overall roster is absolutely garbage so you get a little depth here with Seth Curry and that's very good for the Nets I think getting Seth Curry is a little bit overall better than getting Ben Simmons and I know y'all are going to kill me for saying that but I don't really see Ben Simmons working in this environment I mean they turned James Harden sour on him and we've seen what James Harden has kind of put up through his career you know playing with Russell Westbrook a couple of times OKC um you know and then when he went to Houston, everything seemed to be good. And then, you know, that kind of didn't really work out well. And here is, you know, everybody buying in. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, they're all ready to kind of, you know, win in Brooklyn and kind of be the big three and all that. Finally get all their rings that, you know, they truly deserve. Um, and, you know, they turned to James Harden sour. James Harden was actively saying, get me off this team. And Steve Nash was like, yeah, we're not. <laughs> this was like five days ago. Steve Nash was like, yeah, we're not trading James Harden. <laughs> Of course you're trading James Harden. James Harden wants to leave Steve Nash. He, he's got, he's got once again, no say in the organization at all. He's got no say, no input on the team. So, uh, Seth Curry's a big old positive here for the Nets. And this is what I really love, getting Andre Drummond. Wow, that is another huge pickup for this Nets team. They are truly lacking in their, at their kind of big five position here. We know Ben Simmons probably isn't going to play it. If Ben Simmons is their five, Kyrie, like the, the, the overall perfect scenario is literally like Kyrie at the one, playing the one, but we know Kyrie doesn't want to be the point guard. We saw that when James Harden got there firstly. Kyrie Irving, the, like the first game that they all played together, the press conference after the game, Kyrie Irving was like, I'm not the point guard. <laughs> and like, like, that's James Harden. Literally forced it onto James Harden to be the point guard. So we know Kyrie's not going to be the point guard here. Ben Simmons is going to have to run the one. So once again, they're going to be lackadaisical down low at the five. Andre Drum is a solid, you know, helper piece, but he's not going to be a starting big. You know, he's aging out of this league. He's not going to be able to play, you know, 35 minutes every single game for the rest of the season and into the playoffs and all that. He's not going to be able to do that. But it's another kind of nice bench relief piece out here, especially at the big position. Nicholas Claxton is kind of their best big so far, and we know he's a little scrawny. He's tall, but he's a little scrawny down low compared to other bigs in this league. 
the first round picks, who cares? Picks are trash. We don't care. Uh, but overall, I think the 76ers absolutely won the trade here. Uh, the 76ers are good currently, and they got even better with James Harden. You still can have Tyrese Maxey in the starting lineup. That's great. So you don't really lose that much from, you know, getting rid of Seth Curry to bring in James Harden because Tyrese Maxey can just go to the two. James Harden's at the one, and you basically got your lineup. So really, you, you, you're losing a little bit of depth at the big position with Andre Drummond, but uh, I think they'll be able to make do uh, with it. So I love the 76, 76ers getting James Harden. I think they absolutely won the trade here, and I don't get everyone's gushing over Ben Simmons on this Nets team. I don't think it's going to play out like everybody is expecting it. First, we need Ben Ben Simmons. First of all, the man can't shoot, and the man hasn't played the entire year, so he's going to be a little bit rusty, you know, the first couple of games that he goes out and plays, and once again, we still get Kyrie Irving not being able to play home games, so we get Ben Simmons. We're going to get a period of Ben Simmons with no Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, and the man can't shoot so what what is this next team gonna do in the interim until you know Kyrie Irving can play every single game until Kevin Durant comes back healthy like we're we're gonna get Ben Simmons out there by himself good luck Ben Simmons with Andre Drummond and Seth Curry is that gonna look good mm, I don't know altogether I don't think it's gonna be that good right off the rip so the Nets folks I d- I don't I don't believe they even came close to even thinking about winning the trade or even coming close to winning this trade. 76ers won the trade 100% hands down. Alright, so that was the biggest trade of yesterday. But then we got this, and this came out of nowhere, and I... I don't get it. I don't get it, but this is what happened. The Mavericks and the Wizards had a trade. So the Mavericks traded Porzingis to the Wizards. What? Now, I, I do kind of like it. Porzingis down low at the five with, you know, Kyle Kuzma. Unfortunately, no Bradley Beal. That would have been a little bit of a squad. I think I could have gotten behind a little bit. Um... But uh, why the Mavericks? I don't really get why the Mavericks got rid of Porzingis. I, I I don't really care that they got rid of Porzingis. They were winning with Porzingis on the floor. They were winning without Porzingis on the floor. We know this Mavericks team is just basically outside shooters all over the place. They didn't even really have Porzingis doing anything really uh, down low for like the entirety of the game. And we've seen Porzingis, you know, try to get away from the five to play the four, so he can kind of take a little bit more threes and all that. So, Mavericks getting rid of Porzingis, who just kind of caught me off guard, but I don't, I don't really think Porzingis is a huge reason why this Mavericks team is successful overall. So, he goes to the Wizards. All righty, the Wizards aren't good. Porzingis is not going to make this Wizards team good, unfortunately. Uh, but the Mavericks get uh, Davis Bertans, and, you know, once again, the Mavericks love outside shooting. Well, there you go. Nice bench piece for you, Davis Bertans. And then they also get Spencer Dinwiddie, another solid overall piece. So I think the Mavericks won the trade overall. You get rid of Porzingis. Um, you know, it never really seemed like they really wanted him that much. And, you know, the whole Luka Doncic, Porzingis, you know, we never knew if they really liked each other or not. So they get rid of him. They won with him on the floor. They won with him without the uh, – off the floor, so I don't think the Mavericks are really going to be missing Porzingis that much. 
All right, and then we get this trade, and I love this trade. This is a fantastic trade. Once again, these teams trading away their best players for literally nothing. It makes no sense. We just saw it with the Kings getting rid of Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, that may work. We saw Sabonis win their first game, so maybe that was the right trade here. But the Celtics and the Spurs engage in a trade, and the Spurs send Derek White to the Celtics. What? What? Dejounte Murray, Derek White were killing it on the Spurs, but they let him go and they go to the Celtics. Now this is a fantastic pickup for the Celtics. They need a they need a better guard. They truly need like a little bit of a more better guard depth ability there. So getting Derek White now, Marcus Mark can maybe you know come down to the uh, to the bench or something, or maybe they rock Derek White in the starting lineup at the two. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean the Celtics getting that guard depth hopefully a little bit of more ball movement overall in the offense here but I love the Celtics getting another guard I think that was a really solid pickup for the by the Celtics a little bit of a fleece by the Celtics here uh where the Spurs get Josh Richardson <laughs> trash. I mean, he wasn't even good with the Celtics. They never even played the man. They got Romeo Langford as well. Once again, never played for the Celtics. Rarely, barely. Never even uh, any production offensively, defensively by any of these Celtics players. And then they get a 2022 first round pick and a 2028 first round pick swap. It's like, once again, draft picks are really trash all over the board. NFL, NBA, draft picks are really trash. Give me proven talent winning right now. I'll take that all day. I'll give you every single one of my picks for the next 20 years. I do not care. Give me the players now. So Celtics, another good trade. Um, but then we get this. They had a good trade getting uh, Derek White. But then we hated this. They got Daniel Tice back. Ugh, ugh. And Daniel Tice was supposed to play last night. And we told you all to stay away from the Rockets because he was playing. We were like, don't bet on the Rockets. Daniel Tice is out on the floor. And we know how that looks. So the Celtics get Daniel Tice back. They had him last season. Trash. They got rid of him. He was trash with the Rockets. Now he's back with the Celtics. Ugh, ugh. Trash. So Celtics get Daniel Tice. Uh, lacking big men out here. Um, so Daniel Tice comes back to the Celtics. And the Celtics give up. Dennis Schroeder, so you know that's kind of why they bring in Derek White for the overall trade. Uh, then they get Ennis Cantor, and I believe they're going to be buying him out. So Ennis Cantor is probably going to be you know free on the market. And then they get uh, also Bruno Fernando. So really, the Rockets just got Dennis Schroeder, which is okay. A little bit of a guard help there. All right, we'll see how that works out. The Rockets aren't good though. Um, and then what else do we get to here? Did we? I think we talked about this trade yesterday. Uh, the Bucks, um, this four trade team between the Bucks, the Clippers, the Kings, and the Pistons. The Bucks get Serge Ibaka, which we think is fantastic. We kind of saw how you know PJ Tucker played with this. Bucks team last season, nice defensive piece. And, you know, Serge Ibaka is not as good defensively as P.J. Tucker, but he's a little bit better offensively at the three, you know, shooting threes. So I, I think it's a solid pickup here with the Bucks getting some nice depth off the bench, especially with Brooke Lopez being out and out, all that, having to start Bobby Portis. So I think the Serge Ibaka pickup is an absolute home run for this Bucks team. Uh, the Clippers get Rodney Hood, Semi Ulige, so a little bit of, once again, role players coming off the bench, and that's exactly what this Clippers team is truly made of uh, until Paul George comes back, if he comes back. But, uh, you know, we see this Clippers team not being good as of late, so we'll see if this extra bench help helps out any. I don't know if it is. 
Uh, then the Kings. The Kings. I think the Kings are making some really great moves out here. Um, so watch out for this Kings team. They may be very good. And uh, I think we said this yesterday, but... I believe this Kings team has a real solid chance of trying to get into the playoffs this season with all the moves that they're making. Currently the 12th seed here in the Western Conference, and they are, what do we got, like three games out from the 10th seed of being in the playing tournament at minimum. So we're keeping a big hefty eye on this Kings team moving forward, and we believe the bet ability is truly rising up with this team as well. Uh, so the Kings get Dante DiVincenzo, nice guard for them. You know, they do have a lot of guards already, but, you know, some more help off the bench. The depth, got to have it. They bring in Josh Jackson and Trey Lyles, both from Detroit. So once again, they're just getting some great talent here, and the depth ability is truly there. And the Pistons get Marvin Bagley from Sacramento, from the Kings. <coughs> All right, what else trades uh, do we get? Uh, oh, I love this one. This one is fantastic as well, and this one truly went under the radar. Uh, the Hornets and the Wizards engage in a trade, and the Wizards trade Montrez Harrell to the Hornets. Yes, yes, yes. We love Montrez Harrell. Gr uh, great bench big, and we know the Hornets, you know, with just Mason Plumley, it's not getting it done. So you bring in Montrez Harrell, great defender, great leader overall. The man's got great hustle, and we see some really solid offensive production numbers. We can always count on this man for like 10 and 8 um, coming off the bench almost on a gamely basis so love the Hornets getting Montrez Harrell and the Wizards just get Vernon Carey and Ish Smith in a 2023 second round pick. So once again, the Wizards, I don't really know what they're doing, what their overall identity is going to be. Having Kyle Kuzma and Porzingis, that's who they're truly rocking with. I don't know if that's going to get it done, but I don't like all the moves the Wizards have been making, but uh, I love what the Hornets just did on this trade. I think that's a win for the Hornets overall. Um, all right, uh, we get Torrey Craig going back to the Suns. We get Pacers getting Jalen Smith. It's an all right trade overall. Uh, we get the Suns getting Aaron Holiday from the Wizards. That's another solid you know, piece. The Suns getting deeper out here, and they're already the best team in the league. We saw that last night. The Suns absolutely destroying the Bucs. That's a big win for the Suns. We'll talk about that a little bit more once we get to that game. But, uh, you know, Suns just getting deeper, and they're already great. So this is going to be, a, man, oh, man, the rich get richer. All right, we get this, and I like this one as well. The Raptors and the Spurs engage in a trade. The Spurs get Goran Dragic. All right, he wasn't even playing all year anyway, so who cares? And the Raptors get Thaddeus Young and Drew Eubanks. That's great. We love this Raptors team. Now they're getting deeper, getting another big Thaddeus Young coming off the bench. That was a great piece overall. Eubanks, solid offensive production there. So this Raptors team getting better, and that's exactly where they were kind of lacking, our one knock that we had on the Raptors. Their starting five is fantastic, and they usually play like 35 to 40 minutes every game because they have no depth here. But you get great role players with Nick Nurse. Oh, Nick Nurse and role players, folks. I mean, he he turns role players into superstars, folks, okay? I mean, they got Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam looking like superstars, top 20 players in the league, folks. No other coach would be able to do that with those players, I'm telling you. Nick Nurse, big-time credit deserved. 
All right, and then we get this. Ooh, I didn't even hear about this one, but I love it. Absolutely. The Celtics and the Magic involve in a trade. The Magic get Bulbul. And I swear to goodness, if y'all don't start using Bulbul, folks, the Magic should at least, at minimum, be getting like 10 to 15 minutes off the bench every single game. And I, I put 10 as the low number. I really want to see 15 minutes a game for Bulbul. Solid height. He can shoot. He can stretch the floor. And just overall, the height. If he can't move. If he's not athletic, okay, just clog him in the paint. The man is like 7'10", folks. Get that man out on the floor. Develop the man, please. Especially with the, like, the bad teams, you know. Uh, you know, now that he's on the Magic, you know, you can play him. The Magic, it's unfortunate. They're not really playing for anything at the current moment. They may be able to make a little bit of a run, but not with the current kind of uh, rotations that they're using. Get Bobo, please, and put him into the game, please, every game for 15 minutes. I will be uh, having a stopwatch on uh, during every single Magic game, and I'm timing. I need to see Bobo out there for 15 minutes every single game. They also get uh, P.J. Dozier as well. <clears throat> um, all right, I believe those are all the trades. These other ones happened not yesterday. I believe we talked all about these. Yeah, Nikhil Alexander-Walker going to the Jazz. Love them getting a little bit deeper. So the trade deadline, folks, absolutely bananas. Lakers don't make any trade. Russell Westbrook is still on the team. Seems like the Lakers are waiting for the buyout market to kind of see who they can pick up. And we already kind of know some players are getting bought out. What was the one name? I think Dennis. Uh, no, Dennis Schroeder's not going to get bought out. I forgot who I saw was probably getting bought out. Hmm. Unfortunate. But uh, we'll see who gets bought out and who the breaker Lakers bring in. They got to bring in somebody, folks. They're not winning a chip right now with their current rotations or current roster at all. So got to do something there, and we'll see what they do. But they did not make a trade. So love the 76ers trade, getting James Harden. They easily won it. I love the Derek White to the Celtics. Absolutely fantastic. I love, I love Serge Ibaka to the Bucks. What else do we love? I love Montrez Harold to the Hornets. Torrey Craig to the Suns, fantastic. Um, Aaron Holiday to the Suns, fantastic. Thaddeus Young, Drew Eubanks to the Raptors, absolutely love it. Bobo to the Magic, and we need to see that man play. All right, so that was all the NBA trade deadline yesterday. And then we had also the All-Star Team Draft yesterday. Team Durant versus Team LeBron. And we had Durant throwing shade to James Harden. James Harden, Rudy Gobert, the last two players uh, to be drafted. And Durant drafts Rudy Gobert and passes on James Harden. So Kevin Durant being petty like we know Kevin Durant is overall that's his personality he's the Aaron Rodgers of the NBA but a little bit worse <laughs> a little bit worse overall than his personality he takes you know Aaron Rodgers personality and kind of gives it an extra kind of 50% boost not goodly um so Kevin Durant ends up drafting Joel Embiid fantastic John Morant Jason Tatum Andrew Wiggins Trey Young LaMelo Ball Devin Booker Rudy Gobert Draymond Green Zach Levine Chris Middleton DeJounte Murray and Carl Anthony Towns where team LeBron gets Giannis Steph Curry DeMar DeRozan Jokic Jimmy Butler Luka Doncic Jerry Darius Garland love that and uh, can we potentially be gearing up for a return to Cleveland part three here by LeBron, because if I get LeBron with Darius Garland and Colin Sexton and Jared Allen, she 
age. LeBron's about to three-peat and then retire. Crazy. And then he drafts Bronny as he's coming into the league. And I get Bronny, LeBron, Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, Jared Allen. Is that a starting five, folks? Sheesh. We're talking about three-peat into retirement for LeBron. Watch out for this man to return to Cleveland. Drafts Darius Garland, gets James Harden, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, and Fred Van Vliet. So I think I'm loving Team LeBron overall. Getting Giannis, Steph Curry, walking bu bucket, Luka Doncic, walking bucket, James Harden, walking bucket. So much offense here. And then having Jokic and Giannis as their beefs. Durant getting Joel Embiid is fantastic. Trey Young, John Morant, they're a little bit of discount. Steph Curry and Luka Doncic, and I don't mean that in any sort of negative connotation, but I would say, you know, I'm taking Steph Curry and Luka Doncic over John Morant and Trey Young. They're great, don't get me wrong, but I'm going to take the other ones that can shoot a little bit more of a consistent clip, a little bit deeper, deadlier clip than we get from John Morant and Trey Young. So I think I'm taking Team LeBron over Team Durant. We got the All-Star Game coming up February 20th, uh, so we'll talk about that a little bit more as it approaches. See if we can finally bet on this. We couldn't bet on the NFL Pro Bowl. Hopefully, we can bet on the NBA All-Star Game because I'm taking Team LeBron. Just like we said, we were taking Team AFC, and uh, we couldn't even bet it. So, I'm still waiting for the money from Vegas on that. I said I bet the AFC. I also said I was swallowing six and a half, and they only won by six. But I also said I'm taking the AFC to win, so I want that, I want that money uh, credited to me, please. Still waiting on that. Uh, so we'll see how this game plays out and uh, how Durant and James Harden, well, Durant's not going to be playing, so I guess we're not going to get them out on the floor at the same time. But we'll see how uh, James Harden plays with LeBron and how James Harden plays with the uh, new Philadelphia 76ers. All right, and then the last thing, quickly here, we have a little bit of an update on Zion. We don't know if this man's coming back, but we have an update on his rehab and what he's doing. So we get this, quote, he's basically just been in Oregon, grinding every day, building up his conditioning, trying to get back. I have no clue if he'll play this season, but I can tell you that he's been his, but I can tell you that's been his only goal of getting back. So uh, we'll see Zion with the Pelicans. Pelicans kind of trending up, letting us, let us down a little bit last night. We'll talk about that when we get to that game. But uh, Zion, he's trying to come back. Hopefully he can come back. We need Zion in the league. He was so dominant in the bubble when he played the few games that he did play. But, man, oh, man, we need to see that man in the league, truly. All right, that is all the NBA news we had to go over. So now let's jump into the games from last night. We'll talk about the betting in tonight, and then we will shift gears to the NFL. But uh, here we go. We had a couple of bets going last night, and this was our facing our fear bet of the day, taking and swallowing one big spread every day for seven straight days of facing our fears of big spreads in the NBA. And uh, we hit two days ago, and we hit last night as well. We are 2-4-2 two two in facing our fears this week, folks. I knew we can do it. And uh, that's exactly what we want to be seeing, us confidently facing our fears and knowing what good value is and then batting it and hitting it. Yes, we are overcoming our fears and at the end of the seven days, if we've got a nice percentage here, you know, maybe only lost one or two, uh, you know, then we will be cleared for landoff, cleared for takeoff for the rest of the year of taking big spreads whenever we want. So that's our goal. We want to have a nice clip so we are fearless every night when it comes to big spreads. We will feel confident on any given day of swallowing a big spread. No worries.
So that is our goal, having a nice clip in this seven-day trial run period. And so far, we are two for two, betting on the Grizzlies minus 11.5 against the Pistons last night, and they had no problem covering, winning by 25 points, 132 to 107. Grizzlies truly getting it done. John Morant, 23.6 assists. Desmond Bain, 22.6 rebounds. Steven Adams, 16 points. Oh, my God. We know he can be the scorer when he wants to be. That's just, you know, not his urgent game here. We love it. 16 points, 14 rebounds, 7 of those offensive. Gotta respect it. And then Jaron Jackson Jr., 12.6 rebounds, didn't shoot the best, 22%, but we'll take it. And then off the bench, yes, 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 Grizzlies deep, 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 yes. Uh, DeAnthony Melton, 14 points, 4 assists, 4 rebounds. Kyle Anderson, 13 points, 11 rebounds. And Brandon Clark, 14 points, 9 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal, 1 block, all coming off the bench in only 19 minutes. Great game overall here by the Grizzlies. All right, and then the Pistons. We're waiting for Jeremy Grant's big game here, folks. And I'm going to let y'all in on a little secret here, folks. We got a little bit of, uh, we got we got the gears turning over here at Takes by Fans. And uh, I'm going to let y'all in on a little secret. Nothing's confirmed 100% here. But uh, we may be having a live daily betting show every single day at 6 p.m. Gearing up for that day in the NBA. Because I have been finding some great, folks. I've been finding some great. Great hidden gems of great value overall the last couple of days, and I've got to share it with y'all, folks. So we do our picks during our main show. But there are some really good prop bets overall at the end of the day. And, um, you know, they, I'll, I'll, I'll share two with y'all that I found last night. One hit, one didn't hit, but one was close. But overall, you know, we, 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 we've been seeing a lot of great prop bets at great value. And I just want to talk about it. You know, I, I love talking sports. I love talking gambling. So why not do an extra maybe half hour, 45-minute hour show leading up? You know, basketball usually starts at 7 o'clock every single day, Eastern time, okay? Uh, but, you know, we may be going live every single day at 6 p.m. Eastern and just talking through great prop bets to bet that night. Uh, this would start after the NFL season. So after Sunday, this Sunday, we may be doing this on a daily basis. So We'll see if that happens. It probably will. We're at like 99.9%. Nothing's written in stone yet. i got to run it by the big wigs here. It takes by fans, folks. But it should get cleared. Uh, but uh, the prop bets just last night. Jeremy Grant, uh, 25 plus points last night. was at plus 350. Now, it, was, it didn't hit. Jeremy Grant only had 20. But he never played the entire fourth quarter, which seemed a little bit of a setup. They also were getting blown out by the Grizzlies, so maybe not wanting to kind of truly... Ruin them, you know, just coming back, still getting a little acclimated. But at 25-plus points, at plus 350 odds, I mean, that's great value overall if that hit only five points away. And he only, he, he went 0-4 from the three. So hitting some of those threes, boosting it up closer to that 25-plus, I just thought overall it was great value. And then this was great value as well. Uh, Luka Doncic over two-and-a-half three-pointers, that was at minus 105, folks, right on a normal spread line. And he had like seven in the first half. I mean, that was just absolutely fantastic. So, um, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, you know, look forward to that. Look out for that, I should say. So, that's a little bit of a sneak preview of what's coming up here at Takes by Fans, folks. So, so get excited. Uh, so, Jeremy Grant last night for the Pistons, 20 points, 4 assists, 4 rebounds, shooting 53%. Not playing that fourth quarter. I mean, truly. Ooh, I saw him at 20 at the end of the third. I'm like... I'm golden, baby, and this was already after um, that was already after Luka Doncic hit his threes already. So I was just waiting on this one, and uh, the overall odds it was just a two-team parlay, two-team prop pet bar parlay that was at plus seven seventy-eight. 
and we're five points away from hitting. I mean, that's what I'm talking about, folks. We found great value, and that's what we do on the do here on the show. I'm not guaranteeing everything's gonna hit every single time. It, it's gonna hit at a very good pace, though, a very good percentage. But what we do overall is look for that value and that Jeremy Grant at plus three fifty. I mean, come on, how are we not? How are we gonna pass that up? Alrighty, Jeremy Grant, solid night overall, but screwed us at the end of the day. Do better next time, please. Uh, other than Jeremy Grant, nobody else doing anything good. Hamidio Diallo, 17 points. We get Sadiq Bay, 17 points, and that was really it. So we know this Pistons team, they're not good. They're not deep. Still waiting for Jeremy Grant's b- big breakout game since he's returned to action, and we still haven't gotten it. But well done for the Grizzlies helping us face our fears. Thank you, John Moran. Thank you, Steve Adams. Thank you, everybody on that Grizzlies team. We love you, and uh, y'all got the win 132-107. to 107. All right, next game... <laughs> Next game up here. That's at the Wizards. That's lose again. Unfortunate. No James Harden, obviously. Kyrie Irving out there by his lonesome. And they can't even beat the Wizards. They can't even beat the Wizards, folks. Come on. Come on. Ben Simmons is not going to make that much of an impact on this Nets team, folks. Uh, so the Nets lose by 1.113-112. Let's start here with the Wizards first since they got the win. Kyle Kuzma, 15 points, 10 assists, 13 rebounds, triple, double by the man. We'll give him a little respect there. Raul Neto's at the one. We know Bradley Beal's out for the rest of the year. Raul Neto at the one, 21 points, six assists. That was really well done by him. We had Corey Crispert at the two, nothing great, six points on 15% shooting. And then we get Thomas Bryant playing the five here, 13.6 rebounds. Off the bench, solid production. Rui Hachimura, 12 points. We had Denny Avidaje, 13 points. And Anthony Gill, a solid 15 points. So bench production helping out the Wizards. They're getting Porzingis. We'll see how that helps this team overall. And uh, we'll see if this Wizards team can try to compete back to that number one seed that they had way early on in the season in the Eastern Conference. All right, and then for the Nats, losing. <laughs> losing, trash. Uh, Kyrie Irving had 31 points, six assists, five rebounds. He shot 22 shots, the most by far, shot 40%. So Kyrie Irving, we know he's got to do it all here for this Nets team, just not quite enough. Patty Mills letting us down big time. Seven points, only taking eight shots. You've got to be better than that, Patty Mills. Um, you know, we say it all the time. You're kind of, you know, in a you're you're supposed to be part of the big three. Now the big three's crumbled, uh, but you know you've got to fill in whatever part of the big three that is out. You must fill in for them, and he hasn't really been doing that at all. He was still a plus nine on the floor, so we will give him a little bit of credit for his defense. But uh, seven points, five assists, four rebounds. We need scoring here by the Nets. We need offensive production, like we got from Cam Thomas. Twenty-seven points on sixty-one percent shooting. That's what we want to see. Blake Griffin, 15 points, 9 boards, and then James Johnson coming off the bench with 13 points. But the Nets come up one point short here. Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, losing games. That's not great, folks. We know how these kind of attitudes and personalities work when you're losing games. Everything turns sour. So once they start winning, maybe everything becomes hunky-dory again, but I don't really see that happening anytime soon, especially against good teams in the league. Wizards are not a good team, and they lost by one. What does that say? Not a good team. Wizards get the win, 113-112. All right, next game up here. We got the Heat at the Pelicans, and I was liking the Pelicans last night, folks. I thought the plus 4.5 may have been good. We officially stayed away from it because, uh, you know, we just wanted to see how both these teams were playing. We know the Heat are already good. We don't have to worry about them, but we've seen this Pelicans team kind of climbing and rising, and the Pelicans were decent in the first half, but, I mean, that's what makes the Heat so good, folks. They lock up at the end of the game. This Heat team is like the Bengals in the NFL, folks. They they are, you know, a little 
little bit close, a little bit of back and forth in the first half, but that second half when they're able to make adjustments and shut you down and just wear you out um, by their conditioning and all that, that's where the Heat truly thrive and the Heat just uh one in the second half i mean look at the look at the look at what happened in the second half folks quarter 3 miami won 27 to 18 quarter number 4 the heat win 29 to 24 so they're just able to just play full four quarters of defense and great offensive basketball where well, I, I still want to kind of you know like this Pelicans team and there's are still trending up and the bet ability is still there with this uh, Pelicans team absolutely but we know this Heat team is a little bit of a different beast they're in the kind of upper tier where the Pelicans are a little bit in the limbo stage between the top tier and the second tier high second tier maybe trying to climb into that bottom first tier territory so we can still give respect to this Pelicans team but, you know, we stayed away from it for a reason because, you know, the Heat, we know they're good and the Pelicans are just not ready at the current moment to compete a full game, even at home, against the best teams in the league. So, still like we get from the Pelicans, but when they're facing the better teams, we need a little bit more than just four and a half points. But for the Heat last night, uh, we get Jimmy Butler, 29 points, 8 rebounds, 4 steals, 3 assists, does it all. Love Jimmy Butler, folks. He needs so much more credit, honestly. Uh, we get Bam Adebayo being aggressive, 29 points. Him and Jimmy Butler led the team in scoring, 29 points, 10 rebounds for Bam Adebayo. Love him being aggressive. Kyle Lowry, yes, sir. Triple-double, folks, 14 points, 11 assists, 11 rebounds. Yes, that's what he's supposed to be doing, the floor facilitator here. And then Duncan Robinson letting us down. Again, classic, 10 points on 2 of 10 from the 3. When the floor is crowded, Duncan Robinson never has a good game, folks. When he's out there by his lonesome, that's where we get Duncan Robinson being his best. And then off the bench, we had nothing great. No Tyler Hero last night, uh, but we had Dwayne Dedman, 11 points and 7 rebounds in 17 minutes. That was the best production coming off off the bench. Um, all right, so the Heat get the win. And then for the Pelicans last night, Brandon Ingram, 15 points, 3 rebounds. Not as offensively dominant as we kind of need our number 1 and number 2 scoring option to be. We really need 20-plus points, and they came up a little bit short. So Brandon Ingram, only 15 points. We had Jonas Valanciunas, only 16 points, only taking 8 shots. Got to be a little bit more aggressive down low. I know you're going against Bam Adebayo, but we need the big two stars here for this Pelicans team to be the main offensive scorers, and we really didn't get that last night. We got CJ McCollum playing in the starting lineup, playing 37 minutes. He played the most minutes last night. First game for this Pelicans team since he's come from Portland, folks. CJ McCollum, he had 15 points, 5 assists, 7 rebounds. That was good, just not efficient. The man took 21 shots and shot 28%, 2 of 10 from the 3. Not enough to get it done, but we'll see if he can kind of clean it up a little bit as he gets a little bit more acclimated to the team. And then Devontae Graham at the 1, 16 points, 4 assists, 4 rebounds. Shout out to Jose Alvarado coming off the bench, 17 points. And we've seen some really solid productions by Jose Alvarado here this season. Just unfortunately um, hasn't been super consistent. But we'll see you know, if he can uh, get a more playing time off the bench here, more consistent minutes. So we'll keep an eye on Jose Alvarado here. And then Jackson Hayes, I mean, he's coming back down to the bench. What, what, we just had him in the starting lineup, I think, for the last two games. We liked it. We loved it. And now he's going down to the bench. Keep that man at the three. Move Brandon Ingram at the three. Put Jackson, Hay Jackson Hayes at the four. I don't want this man coming off the bench. But we'll see what this Pelicans team truly decides to do with their lineups moving forward now that they bring in McCollum and all that. But the Pelicans come up a little bit short last night, losing by 15, getting blown out a little bit in the second half. They lose 112 to 97. All right, next game up here, we got the Raptors at the 
Rockets and the Raptors take care of business. No problem. No Fred Van Vliet. No problem. Raptors get the win 139 to 120. We get Pascal Siakam because of no Fred Van Vliet. So we have to move Gary Trent Jr. to the one and Pascal Siakam from the five to the two. MVP. Can we give this man some respect, some credit out here? Pascal Siakam, most valuable player. You can plug and play him wherever you need him, depending on who's in and who's out. Pascal Siakam playing the two last night. 30 points, four assists, three rebounds, shooting 68% efficient, dominant. That's what we get from Siakam because of no Fred Van Vliet at a two guard. He can play the five. He can he, he can play the two, folks. How versatile, how valuable is that? Super, super. Once again, we're not saying that he should be MVP, hands down, no debate. But I want him in the discussion. We've got the pool of players. We've got Jokic. We've got Embiid. I want Siakam in that discussion, yes? Give that man the respect. So Precious Achua filling in at the five for Pascal Siakam. Six points, four rebounds. Nothing what Pascal Siakam does at the five. Um, we get Gary Trent Jr. And what a performance. Holy moly. They said we don't have Fred Van Vliet. So we need a, we need a like a, a 20 to 25 to 30 plus point score while also facilitating the floor. And Gary Trent Jr. understood that assignment to AT. 42 points, five steals, four assists, shooting six of 13 from the three Gary Trent Jr. well done absolutely and then we got Chris Boucher coming off the bench 16 points five rebounds help it all put it together gotta love it love this Raptors team shout out to Nick Nurse shout out to Siakam coach of the year MVP candidate yes sir both of those love this Raptors team all right, and then for the Rockets, absolutely bad. Nothing good. Uh, we had Kevin Porter Jr. being the leading scorer, 30 points, 8 assists. Well done by the kid. Love it. Uh, we get Christian Wood, 17 points, 6 assists, 11 rebounds. Garrison Matthews, 19 points. Jalen Green, 18 points. Kenyon Martin coming off the bench, 11 points, 6 Rebound, so they they did put up 120 points. I will give the cre uh, credit to the Rockets, uh, but we've seen you know big offensive numbers by this Rockets team, but not winning because they've got no defense. So this Rockets team, we know they're nothing good, and uh, the Raptors take care of business without Fred Van Vliet. Get the win, 139 to 120, about 19 point win. Jeez. All right, next game up here, Clippers at the Mavericks, and this is the game we officially endorsed. We took the Mavericks minus six and a half, and they win by drum roll, please. Seven points. Yes, yes. Called it perfectly, folks. Love when those kind of half a point uh, hooks are non-existent. Half a point hooks always work out to our favor. Love it when that happens, and that's exactly what we got last night. Mavericks squeaking out our bat last night by half a point. All right, so the Mavericks last night, Luka Doncic, 51, 51 points. Do you see why they trade Porzingis? It, it doesn't matter. It's just Luka's team. They just shoot threes and shoot shots all over the place, folks. Uh, they shot 39 threes last night. 39. The Clippers shot 23. Is this the most threes from last night? 39. We had, oh, the Raptors shot 39. Damn, the Rockets shot 38. All right, everyone shoot threes last night. What did the Heat do? 32. We got, oh my goodness, the Pelicans shooting 41. Jeez, jeez. They don't got a Luka Doncic type player to shoot 41 threes a game. What are you, crazy? Um, all right, all right. So, I mean, they just don't need Porzingis. I guess we I guess we get that. Um, can we bring that up quickly? Um, let me see what Porzingis has been doing this season. When he's on the floor, when he's not on the floor, are they winning more? I, I think it's almost like a 50-50 uh, split of 
Porzingis on and off the floor and just to kind of like even win. So let me quickly go to this. All right. Uh, games started. Let's just go as of re. Uh, can we go? Yeah, let's do uh, the last. Uh, what is this? Let's go the last two months. Let's go since January. Since he's been out since January, probably played half the games right here. This seems about like half the games um, overall. Uh, that he's played since January, half in, half out. So here we go. Inactive. They win. We've got uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven straight inactives at the start of January, and they go six and one, <laughs> six and one during those seven games. Six and one, six wins, one losses. When he's playing the next one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games, so he's out seven games. They go six and one. Now the next eight. Eight games he's in and they go one two three four five six six and two and then he's out for the next six games as of recently and they go four and two so they don't need Porzingis folks we've seen them win and lose with them and without him at a basically even clip he doesn't bring that much overall to this Mavericks team so that's why we were saying we don't really care that they get rid of Porzingis it doesn't really matter either way we believe um, so Luka Doncic, 51 points, six assists, nine rebounds. He shot seven of 14 from the three folks Our prop bet only, only over two and a half <laughs> that, that happened in the first quarter folks. Easy peasy. Um, so Luka Doncic doing Luka Doncic things. Absolutely. We get Jalen Brunson, 11 points. We get Dwight Powell at the five, eight points, two assists, two rebounds, shooting hundred percent. We get Dorian Finney Smith at the four, 12.7 rebounds. We know Porzingis plays to four in the five. So overall we get 51 from Luka Doncic. We don't need that much from anybody else. And we still got solid production from the four and the five. Don't need Porzingis. And then Reggie Bullock helping out with 11 points as well at the three. All right, and then the Clippers just letting us down as of recently, folks. We were buying into them for a little bit during their kind of solid win streak, but they've proven that they can't keep it up, and that's how we decide what true what teams are the real deal and what teams are uh, pretenders, whether you're able to be consistent, whether you're able to kind of keep the winning happening, be, uh, keeping the competitive, uh, just the, the competitiveness there, keeping that there, and we haven't really got that by the Clippers as of recently. We had Reggie Jackson, 18 points, 8 assists. Marcus Morris, 21 points. He led the team in scoring. You know, that's usually their best player with since uh, Paul George is out. And then we get Norman Powell, you know, still trying to, you know, be great here. You know, we need him to kind of be the number one offensive scorer here with this Clippers team ever since he's got traded here. But uh, Norman Powell last night, 20, uh, 19 points, 6 assists, 6 rebounds, overall solid, but not that efficient, only shooting 35, 35%. Need that to be up a little bit more. So Clippers just coming up a little bit short offensively. They lose 112 to 105. All right, next game up here is the Bucks at the Suns, and what a win by this Suns team. This Suns team is the real deal. We saw this. This was the finals matchup, Bucks and the Suns. Bucks winning, Suns losing in the finals, but we've known this Suns team has gotten so much better than what they were last season. So the Suns absolutely blow out the Bucks. Winning 131 to 107. Let's start here with the Suns since they got the win. Chris Paul, 17 points, 19 assists, 7 rebounds. Wonderful job. Love seeing Chris Paul's numbers this season, folks. They are absolutely fantastic. The man is the Tom Brady this season. Last year for Tom Brady's his best season ever. Chris Paul, you know, aging in this league. And I want to say aging out of this league, but aging in this league, putting up 17 points, 9 assists. I mean, what more do you want? 
We had Devin Booker letting us down a little bit. Only 17 points scored, 2 of 8 from the 3. So, you know... You know, we thought, you know, the Suns would lose because of that. But no, no, no. We get DeAndre Ayton, 27 points. We get Jay Crowder putting up 10 points, 8 rebounds. McCall Bridges, 18 points. And then the bench here. That's gotten even deeper as of recently. We get JaVale McGee. 12 points, 4 rebounds, and Cameron Johnson, 15 points, 2 steals, 3 assists, 8 rebounds coming off the bench, and they've gotten deeper. Also, shout out Bismick Biombo in 10 minutes, put up 9 points, 2 rebounds. We will take that absolutely. And then for the Bucks last night, Giannis only 18 points, truly letting us down. We need him to be such a better scorer than that. He had 8 assists, 7 rebounds to help out. Chris Middleton, 21 points, but he shot 1 of 6 from the 3. We get Grayson Allen playing the one, only eight points, one assist. Drew Holiday at the two, 21 points, four assists, five rebounds, solid overall. And then Bobby Portis, once again, a little bit of a lackluster offensive night of what we've seen recently, him hitting all these threes, putting up like 20-plus points a game, but only 11 points and nine rebounds last night. And then the bench, just nothing great overall. We had uh, Greg Monroe led the team off the bench and scoring with nine points. So the Bucks getting a little bit deeper. That's definitely what they need, and hopefully they don't uh, miss Dante DiVincenzo too much out here. But uh, Bucks lose and lose big and really badly against a really great team, best team in the league, and they get demolished, 131 to 107. All right, and then the last game of the night. Oh, my goodness, our sponsor letting us down. What is up with that? The Knicks want to win now? What the heck? Uh, you know, we're not going to go overboard. You know, this is going to be a one strike against our sponsor. We're not going to, you know, let our sponsor keep losing. I'm not going to do that to y'all folks who are a sponsor for a reason because they paid the show. Uh, we're not supposed to be paying our sponsors. The sponsor's supposed to be paying us out here. Uh, so, you know, we'll give them their one loss out here. You know, the, the NBA, you know, you don't lose every single game. So, you know, we'll get a, maybe a crack here and there, and we got a crack last night in our sponsorship, but, you know, we're still going to go strong until, you know, they prove that they're winning and not covering the spreads, and then we'll have to drop them. But, uh, you know, we're not going to go overboard and overdramatic right now. But we'll, we will keep this in mind. But the Knicks get the win, 116-114 over the Warriors. And the Warriors, I'm slipping over the last couple of games. What's been going on with that? And losing against the Knicks is almost inexcusable. But we had Julius Randle going absolutely manic last night. 28 points, 6 assists, 16 rebounds. Just taking it to Kevon Looney. The Warriors don't have any bigs, so Julius Randle taking it to him all night. No R.J. Barrett last night, and they still win the game. Like, this is really inexcusable for the Warriors. So we had Quentin Grimes filling in at the three for R.J. Barrett, and he didn't do anything R.J. Barrett-like. Six points, three rebounds, nothing like that. We had Evan Fournier, a solid game overall. He put up 22 points. We'll take it. Off the bench, we got it done with Taj Gibson, 10.7 rebounds. Alec Burks, 15 points, 5 assists, 6 rebounds. And Cam Reddish, 12 points, 2 steals, 3 assists. Obi Toppin still only playing 11 minutes. Emmanuel Quickly only still playing 15 minutes. And still Kemba Walker, 22, 22 minutes out here, 8 points. He did have 6 assists. I'll give him a little credit on those assists. But he took 10 shots and shot 30%. That's what we're saying. We don't want Kemba Walker because he's not efficient. And, you know, are we going to just, you know, overlook 30% shooting for six assists? <laughs> I mean, come on. So still need some good guards here by the Knicks. We'll see what they do. 
But uh, the Warriors letting us down. So here we go. The Warriors last night, Steph Curry, 35 points, 10 assists. Klay Thompson, 17 points, 5 assists, 7 rebounds. Kevon Looney still at the 5, 7 points, 5 rebounds. Jonathan Kaminga in the starting lineup at the 4, going against Julius Randle, 17 points, 5 rebounds. And he was a plus 8 on the floor, solid overall. Not anything great coming off the bench. We get Jordan Poole, 11 points on 1 of 5 from the 3. Once again, when he comes down to the bench, his overall production does drop a little bit. Um, but uh, the Warriors hitting a little bit of a skid here, and we're a little nervous of it. Got to stay away from betting them for a while till they can kind of prove, hey, they're the real deal again. Truly missing some beef, some enforcement on that starting five lineup. But the Knicks get the win here, 116 to 114. All right, that is all the NBA from last night. Uh, now let's see what we've got on tap tonight, folks. Uh, we went two of two officially last night in our picks, uh, which brings us to 10 and 12 over the last four days. Pretty gosh dang good, folks. And we're ready to go back 100%. We had two, three straight days of 100%, trying to go for four, I believe, four or five. I'm losing track of days, folks. Uh, but uh, regardless, we're 10 and 12 over the last couple of days here, folks. Absolutely fantastic uh so let's uh, keep it going here what do we got six games on seven games on tonight so let's find the value shall we here we go First game up, Thunder at the 76ers. Thunder minus 12 and a uh, Thunder, yeah, could you imagine Thunder minus 12 and a half here? Um, I would have taken that. I would have ended the show right now. If I got 76ers plus 12 and a half points, I would have ended the show right now and uh, bet my entire house on it. Uh, but we get the Thunder at the 76ers. Thunder plus 12 and a half. 76ers minus 12 and a half here, folks. We're looking for a big spread to face our fears. This could be it, absolutely. If we get James Harden playing, I'm taking it. Uh, but we get for the Thunder, we get uh, Mike Muscala out, Isaiah Roby out, Shea Gills, Alexander still out. That's the big one. So it's just Lugan Stort buys lonesome with Josh Giddy. And then for the 76ers, all right, James Harden is out. Doesn't seem like he's making his debut. Let's go to NBA Fantasy Labs to see. If uh, we get any information on James Harden. All right, what is going on here? We're going to have to switch to our secondary device, secondary screen here. doesn't seem like uh, our internet's cooperating for some reason. But no worries. We got to – oh, no. And Is Twitter just down? Is Twitter all down right now? Or just NBA Fantasy Labs? What the hell is that? NBA Fantasy Labs tweets aren't loading right now? What the hell is that? We need you. You've been – here we go. We got 24 minutes, a tweet – Darius Garland is out. Oh, okay, well, that's good news. That's good to kind of keep in mind. It's not good news. It's good to keep in mind. We want Darius Garland to play, so we may have to stay away from the 76ers tonight. Uh, but, okay, is everybody else's tweets loading? Oh, interesting. What the hell is going on here? Twitter may be down, folks. How, how crazy is that? Um, hmm, hmm, hmm. All right. Well, we're not going to be able to go to NBA Fantasy Labs for some extra help. All right, it's unfortunate. But uh, so it doesn't look like James Harden's making his debut quite yet. We get Paul Millsap, a game time decision, newly acquired. We like it. And Tyrese Maxey, also a game time decision. So a little bit of wonkiness going on here with the 76ers. We'll hold off. We'll come back to this one if we can't find another big spread game. But uh, let's uh, hold off on this one for a second. All right, then we get the Hornets at the Pistons. Hornets minus seven, Pistons plus seven. All righty, this is the Hornets game. Vegas should be loving for the Hornets uh, because we know the Pistons are very, very not good. Pistons are, are on the back-to-back, -back, so we are going to have to stay away from this game. 
But uh, for the Hornets, we get Gordon Hayward still out. Montrezl Harrell, the game-time decision. Would love to see if Montrezl Harrell makes his debut tonight. And then for the Pistons, we get, uh, who do we got? Everybody, game-time decision. Cade Cunningham, game-time decision. Marvin Bagley, game-time decision, newly acquired. Um, so we'll see how that all plays out. But uh, I'm not. we can't bet this game. It's back-to-back, -back, so no thank you. All right, next game up here. We get the uh, Cavs at the Pacers. Cavs minus six. Pacers plus six. All righty. Uh, we know the Pacers losing some bonus and all that, but let's check their ins and outs to see if their newly acquired players are playing. Uh, we get uh, Malcolm Brogdon, a game-time decision. Jalen Smith is a game-time decision, and Isaiah Jackson are a game-time decision. For the Cavs, we get Darius Garland out, unfortunately. So they're going to be rocking without Darius Garland, but this Pacers team, they weren't good with Sabonis. I think they got worse with Sabonis. We can rely on Jared Allen. Wasn't Darius Garland out the last game as well, and they covered? Let me quickly double-check that against the Spurs. Uh, did... Our man play, and he did not. So we had, uh, oh, no, Darius Garland did play. He dropped 27, 5, and 6. Man, oh, man, that man is good. Uh, but I'm still rocking with this Cavs team. They're absolutely fantastic. I think they'll be able to overcome the 6 here, no problem. We'll swallow 6 here against the Pacers. All right, next game up here. We get the Spurs at the Hawks. Spurs plus eight. Hawks minus eight. All righty. What do we got here? The Spurs. We get Goran Dragic out. He's still not playing. Uh, Thomas Rotonski out. Romeo Langford out. So newly acquired pieces are not playing for the Spurs team. Where the Hawks, all we get is Lou Williams, a game time decision. I'm taking the Hawks minus eight here, folks. And this isn't our big spread. I wish it was, but we classified spreads at nine plus as big spreads. So this one not quite covering it. But we love this Hawks team. They turned the corner. The Spurs team going through all these trades. Wonkiness ensues. We'll swallow the eight here with the uh, Hawks at home. All right, then we get the Nuggets at the Celtics. Nuggets plus six, Celtics minus six. And this Nuggets team has turned a corner, and we get them plus six. I think I'm loving it. Celtics just went through a trade as well. We'll see if their players are playing, their newly acquired pieces are playing. But uh, for the Nuggets first, we get uh, basically everybody's good to go. We just get uh, Austin Rivers, a game-time decision. And then for the Celtics, Derek White, a game-time decision. Daniel Tice, a game-time decision. So we don't know if they're making their debut quite yet. Let's see, is this is Twitter still down? Can we still not search tweets? Hang on. Oh, we're back. We're back, baby. So we get Montrose Harold expected to make his Hornets debut today. All right, so now that we got that news, what do we have the Hornets minus seven? Ugh, do we take that? Ooh, ooh, I want it. I believe in Montrose Harold, folks. Is this putting our money where our mouth is? Ah, Pistons on the back-to-back. -back. We can't. We can't bet the back-to-back, -back, folks. We can't make it. Ugh, do we make an exclusion for our rule, folks? I love Montrose Harrell. Y'all know that. Uh, we'll stay away from it officially, but I do like Montrose Harrell. I want <laughs> Can that be known, folks? Y'all y'all need to know that. I love Montrose Harrell, okay? Uh, we get James Harden is doubtful to, for today as well, so don't expect him to make his debut quite yet. Still kind of coming off that hamstring and all that. Um, so, all right, so that's all the new information that we have. Nothing uh, for the last 28 minutes here. Uh, so taking the Hawks minus eight, uh, and I'm going to take the Nuggets plus six. I love that, folks. I love what this Nuggets team has been doing. They're at full strength, basically, and we get the Celtics team, and they're good, but are they good enough to beat the better teams? And I'm ready to classify this Nuggets team as a better team, and we'll see how their newly acquired pieces, if they do play, how they fill into the lineup and all that. So I'll take the six here, folks. Absolutely. 
got some great value tonight. I love it. Uh, what else do we get here? We get the final two games. Here we go. We got the Timberwolves at the Bulls. Timberwolves plus three, Bulls minus three here. All righty. For the Timberwolves, we get Patrick Beverly, a game-time decision. D'Angelo Russell, a game-time decision. Anthony Edwards, a game-time decision. What the hell is going on there? And for the Bulls, we get Vucevic, a game-time decision. And AO, a game-time decision as well. So, ooh, a potential big three out there for the Bulls. A lot of game-time decisions all around. So we really can't endorse anything right now with all this uncertainty. So we'll probably wait a little bit uh, closer to game time to make our official decisions. Maybe we tweet it out. If we like something, we'll tweet it out. Uh, at, at Takes by Fans, folks, uh, on Twitter. Keep up to date with that. Um, all right, and then the last game of the night here, we get the Magic at the Jazz. Magic plus 13, Jazz minus 13. All right, this is a big spread that we may have to take because I don't know if I'm feeling the 76ers minus 12 and a half here, especially with no James Harden, and then you lose Seth Curry, so who's going to be filling in for that at, at in the interim here? So for the Magic, we get Moritz Wagner out. All right, we don't get one of the Wagner twins, damn it. It's not the better one, but it is still a Wagner twin. Um, what else do we get here? Is Bobo out for the season? Did I miss that? Okay, so we're not going to get any Bobo this year. How unfortunate. Next year, please, please. Um, they've already ruined that, man. How unfortunate. Um, so it's just really Moritz Wagner out. Jonathan Isaac uh, still out here. We get Jalen Suggs, Suggs a game-time decision. For the Jazz, we get Rudy Gay and Rudy Gobert a game-time decision. Is this Rudy Gobert's first game back? Of course. If this is it, folks, um, I, even without Rudy Gobert, we're still going to take this. But we're going to take the Jazz minus 13 for our facing our fear big spread of the night, folks. We've gone two for two over the last two nights here. Ready to make it three for three. We will swallow 13 here for the Jazz tonight. So we're really swallowing a lot of points here tonight. But I think this is great value overall. Great value overall. We're taking the Cavs minus six, the Hawks minus eight, the Nuggets plus six, and the Jazz minus 13. All righty. Now, that is all the NBA we had to go over for today. So now let's shift gears a little bit to the NFL. And before we start breaking down some Super Bowl and the spreads and all that, let's quickly uh, take a look at the NFL honors from last night and talk through the award winners and all that. Uh, we already did a little bit of preview of what we think about the MVP, but let's see all the other awards and if they got it right. So here we go. Recap of the NFL honors last night. All the awards given out last night. So here we go. Pepsi Rookie of the Year. And the winner was Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver Jamar Chase winning Rookie of the Year. And absolutely, Jamar Chase has been an unstoppable, reliant, consistent, offensive force here. The best rookie um, absolutely of the year, offensively, defensively. They truly got it right. He's in the Super Bowl. Clutch catches, big time uh, touchdown scored, one-on-one matchups, going up and getting it. And, folks, what we saw from the offseason of him dropping every single ball to now winning rookie of the year, we now know for certain this was the big play, big brain, long con. This was the long con by Zach Taylor and Jamar Chase. And I love it. Hey, you know, why don't you drop every single ball in the preseason and the offseason so everything everybody thinks you're trash. And then when the season hits, you go beast mode. And that's exactly what happened. Congratulations to Jamar Chase, rookie of the year, 100% deserved. 
All right, we get Defensive Player of the Year. That goes to TJ Watt, and TJ Watt has had an absolutely incredible season. I think he led the season in sacks. Uh, let me quickly double-check these numbers. TJ Watt here, folks. Uh, did he set the record? I know that was kind of a, a narrative going around the last couple of games here. Uh, but uh, TJ Watt, what do we got sack number-wise? Um, he's got 21 tackles for losses, geez louise, and 22 and a half sacks leading the league in sacks at 22 and a half. Man, oh, man. He led the team, uh, he led the league in sacks last year as well with 15. So he got seven more sacks this season, and he's played the same amount of games. Only played 15 games this season, folks, in 17 games. Man, oh, man. So, yeah, truly deserved there by T.J. Watt to win Defensive Player of the Year. Absolutely. Uh, we get the best moment of the year, and that goes to Justin Tucker hitting that 66 record-breaking yard field goal. And, yeah, whenever you're breaking a big old record like that, especially a kicking record, that definitely should deserve best moment of the year. We absolutely agree with that. Uh, then we get Offensive Rookie of the Year, and that goes to Jamar Chase as well. So we won Rookie of the Year and Offensive Rookie of the Year, and I have to agree with that as well. None of the quarterbacks were really that great offensively. The only other really solid wide receiver was Jalen Waddle, who had some really good production overall. Um, no, Never kind of those big explosion moments, though, from uh, that we saw from Jamar Chase. So I like Jamar Chase over Jalen Waddle. And then we saw Devontae Smith, once again, some solid plays overall, but not as uh, overall productive as Jamar Chase was, and Devontae Smith was kind of the number one wide receiver for the Eagles. Jamar Chase is like the number one wide receiver for this Bengals team, and we just saw the disparity in overall production. So, yes, absolutely, Jamar Chase does deserve Rookie of the Year and Offensive Rookie of the Year. Maybe he even should have been Defensive Rookie of the Year as well, but uh, you know, the winner of that, yeah, he didn't deserve it. But uh, let's keep going here. We get uh, the Offensive Player of the Year goes to Cooper Cup, and I am kind of glad about that overall. Cooper Cup getting an award. He was in the MVP discussion. It was between Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and Cooper Cup. Uh, obviously, Cooper Cup's not going to get MVP because they never give that to anybody besides a quarterback, which is a little lame, but I understand a little bit why. I don't love it. I understand it a little bit. But, uh, yeah, Cooper Cup, I mean, what he's able to do here, folks, absolutely. I mean, I can understand why y'all call him the greatest receiver in the league, and I, I can a little see why. I still go with Tyreek Hill overall, but Cooper Cup is truly unguardable. I mean, just so consistent. You knew that's where they, they're always going to be going with the ball. They're going to be going to Cooper Cup with Robert Woods out. And uh, before they got OBJ, Deshaun Jackson kind of a little unhappy overall. It was always solidly consistently Cooper Cup and just look at all these games with a hundred or more yards uh we're just going to go through all these games here folks these are all the yardage numbers every single game throughout the entire season we'll count the ones that are 100 plus but we get 108 163 96 64 92 130 156 115 95 122 96 129 123 136 109 Woof. 95, 118, 61, 183, 142, um, and then we get the Super Bowl, but so far, folks, 13 games, including the playoffs, of having 100 yards or more um, in a game, so just truly unstoppable, offensive player of the year, absolutely, I can definitely agree with that, they got it right. Alright, then we get defensive rookie of the year, and that goes to... 
Micah Parsons, and I definitely agree with that as well. Micah Parsons, what he's been able to do of, you know, being a linebacker and then taking over some edge rushing duties here and there. Um, but uh, getting all those picks and being that huge vocal leader, he was a leader for that Cowboys walk of fame defense that was so good in the regular season and a little bad in the playoffs and all that. But uh, overall, Micah Parsons' first year, man, oh man, that man's going to be a problem. He's going to be a problem when that's your rookie year. Man, oh man, I don't want to see next year, folks. This, uh, you know, we've got some real great athletic specimens defensively in the NFL. You know, talk about DJ Watt and now Micah Parsons and Aaron Donald still. Man, oh man. So, woof, man, oh man, it is tough to be a quarterback in this league, but I mean, that's what we see, you know, once again, it just points back to the point of, you know, the, you know, you know, talent gets better. I mean, that's why we really can't say, you know, the players that played in the 70s and the 80s and maybe even the 90s really should be, you know, greatest of all time in their position because we just get everything better. We're getting better defense, which means the offensive players have to step up and be so much better. Uh, you know, defensive talent being so much better than what it was in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s is just a natural progression of talent and athleticism and technology overall and uh you know so being a quarterback in today's age it's real gosh dang tough because you got people like Micah Parsons let's get his physique up here what is Micah Parsons is that man like 6'2 like 235 uh let's get uh let's get his uh beefy his beefiness up here folks uh, Micah Parsons, what do you what do you got for us? Uh, 6'3", 245, sheesh, even better, I undersold it, what did I say, 6'2", 235, man, I'm mad, woof, so that's a big athletic bull coming right at you, folks, and man, I'm mad, 13 sacks this season, 3 force fumbles, playing 16 games, 30 quarterback hits, 64 solo tackles, yes, sir, Micah Parsons, Defensive Rookie of the Year. I absolutely respect it. All right, uh, what else do we get here? Comeback Player of the Year. Absolutely, we've been championing this all year long. Joe Burrow, got to give it to him what he's done this season, folks. Absolutely immaculate. Leading his team to the Super Bowl. Fantastic. I know it's a regular season award, but he still got to the Super Bowl. Um, Joe Burrow, let's get his... Uh, uh, what do you, uh, I want to see his overall stats are um, because they're absolutely fantastic. Um, he, I don't believe he hit 5,000 yards. Uh, what do we got? Uh, 4,600 yards, 34 touchdowns, 70%. Is that the highest in the league, 70%? It was. He led the league in completion percentage with 70. Yes, yes. That's what Aaron Rodgers did last season, and y'all gave him MVP. Fantastic here by Joe Burrow. Comeback player of the year, folks. That gruesome, devastating leg injury and then you go and lead your team to 10 and 6 to the Super Bowl throwing 70% folks 4,600 yards absolutely fantastic by Joe Burrow absolutely comeback player of the year uh, all right, we get assistant coach of the year going to Dan Quinn, the defensive coordinator for the Cowboys. And, you know, that Cowboys defense was good, and Dan Quinn was a good coach overall. Is he the best assistant? Still got Eric Bieniemy. That was always solid. That Chiefs offense, really good. Uh, do we get any other good assistant coaches? I'm sure I'm blanking on them. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't think I have a problem with uh, Dan Quinn winning co uh, assistant coach of the year. That's okay. Um, we, we, we loved and gushed over that Walk of Fame defense, you know, young pieces all over the field and making them all work. It was pretty good. 
Um, what else do we get here? Uh, Coach of the Year goes to Mike Vrabel, and they got it wrong, folks. They got these two categories wrong. MVP, wrong with Aaron Rodgers, and Coach of the Year, wrong with Mike Vrabel. Now, no disrespect to Mike Vrabel. He's fantastic. I can definitely understand the appeal of giving him Coach of the Year. No Derrick Henry for basically the entire year and still made the running game work, still made the offense work. Julio Jones in and out of the lineup still made the passing game work. Uh, defense was always solid. Offense was always solid regardless of who's in and who's out. So definitely shout out to Mike Vrabel. But, um, you know, Matt LaFleur deserves all the recognition for the success of the Packers. It was not Aaron Rodgers, folks. It was rarely Aaron Rodgers getting it done himself. Um, there are two running backs, A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, folks, getting it done. Both 1,000-yard producers in the running back position. The defense of the Packers, fantastic. Aaron Rodgers throwing, you know, 4,000 yards. You know, not as impactful, I think, as the overall team of the Packers. The team was good on the Packers, not just Aaron Rodgers. And that is because Matt LaFleur is a genius coach. I still believe Matt LaFleur, if Aaron Rodgers does leave this season, which is kind of seen like he is uh, during his kind of MVP acceptance speech. He was kind of thanking, even thanked, even thanked Matt LaFleur. Uh, he said over the last three seasons, Matt LaFleur, I mean, this is kind of, you know, your, this is all you kind of. He honestly kind of said it was all Matt LaFleur. And we don't really see Aaron Rodgers giving anybody credit besides himself. And he gave Matt LaFleur credit. So Aaron Rodgers should not have been MVP. It should have been Tom Brady. And it should have been coach of the year going to Matt LaFleur. Once again, I'm not knocking Mike Vrabel. The man's a fan fantastic coach. We just gushed over his contract extension earlier this week. But, uh, you know, I, Matt LaFleur, 13-3 every single year. I mean, and it's so it's such unfortunate that both Mike Vrabel and uh, Matt LaFleur lost their first playoff game this season, having the number one seed. How unfortunate. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I can't give, I cannot give, and I, we did not give, and I still am mind-boggled over them giving Aaron Rodgers the MVP, but uh, Matt LaFleur deserves all the recognition for that Packers team um, and not Aaron Rodgers. And if Aaron Rodgers wants to walk, thank you. I'm done with Aaron Rodgers. I'm so over Aaron Rodgers. I'm kind of glad everyone's kind of uh, opening their eyes because we've been, f I, I, I want to say that we've been first in the media, folks, over the last year and a half of saying, hey, Aaron Rodgers is so overvalued. And now we get Stephen A. Smith kind of saying the same thing. Um, you know, no longer calling him that bad man. He won't say that on Aaron Rodgers anymore. So everyone's kind of waking up to Aaron Rodgers. What we've been saying for the last year and a half. Love that y'all are finally coming to that realization, but then y'all gave him MVP, so I don't understand. Maybe y'all aren't uh, truly awakening on what Aaron Rodgers is, but I would love to see him leave Green Bay. Um, maybe get a little exposed. I, I don't think I'd have a problem with that. Um, and then, like we said, at the top of the show, and what we just said as well, Aaron Rodgers winning MVP, not deserved. It should go to Tom Brady. Tom Brady's better in literally almost every category that matters. Uh, Aaron Rodgers throwing four interceptions was the big thing to, to give him MVP. Okay, um, congrats. You throw the ball away. You don't take the shots. You're a conservative quarterback. I, I don't understand why we're applauding that and giving that an award, an MVP award, because it didn't result in any more wins, four interceptions. It resulted into um, the same amount of regular 
regular season wins, 13, and Tom Brady won a playoff game. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers did not. So what are we doing here with the four interceptions? Why is that so good? Because you're throwing the ball away? Because you're not taking those deep shots down the field? Because you're not, um, you know, taking those shots down the field and just throwing balls away? Being conservative. Folks, why are we championing conservative play? He threw 4,100 yards. <laughs> you know how light that is, folks? Especially in 17 games now. He played half of that Lions game week 17. Don't let that fool you, folks. Week 18, 17, however you classify it. But, uh, yeah, 4,100 yards, I'm impressed by that? No, no, I'm not. I'm not even close to impressed by Aaron Rodgers' passing stats. His most, once again, 4,600. <laughs> That's not impressive, folks, honestly, especially of a caliber and talent like Aaron Rodgers, who y'all gush as the greatest of all time, and he's never thrown 5,000 yards in a 16-game era. Most he's done is 4,600. That's absolutely light, folks. No way that man is MVP. And I will always champion that. Matt LaFleur should have been coach of the year for the Green Bay recognition. Give Green Bay the recognition. It's not Aaron Rodgers who deserves the recognition. It's Matt LaFleur. And then give Tom Brady the MVP because he mother loving deserves it. Having the whole A-B thing. Having the running backs in and out. Having the defense being hindered, 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 hobbled every single week early on in the season, able to still win games, able to uh, throw 5,000 yards, able to throw 67%, able to put up 43 touchdowns. So, man, oh, man, Aaron Rodgers, what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? I, and I, I don't understand. Like, the whole NFL was mad at Aaron Rodgers because of the anti, uh, I don't want to, I don't know, uh, because of the not COVID vaccine stance. I mean, and then y'all just give them MVP. MVP with worse stats than Tom Brady? I don't get it. Is this like a an apology to, to Aaron Rodgers? That's how I would put it. That's the only way that I can see the NFL giving Aaron Rodgers the MVP award. A little bit of a sorry that we kind of, you know, dragged you in the media for no reason at all because you had your own opinion, because you uh, you because you thought for yourself. You were were punishing Aaron Rodgers for that. What that we 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 hated that uh, a couple of months of everybody knocking on Aaron Rodgers for nonsense. Uh, so was this a little bit of an apology by the NFL we're getting all the mandates going down so you know we're kind of you know exiting out of COVID it was just a sorry Aaron Rodgers will give you an MVP that's not rightfully deserved that's the only way I could see it so um that's that Matt LaFleur Matt LaFleur is my uh MVP and or, Matt LaFleur is my coach of the year and Tom Brady's my MVP so Maybe we'll shout them out with a canvas or maybe a little bit of a spot on a flag next season uh, because they truly got a little hosed last night at the NFL Honors. All right, so those were all the awards given out last night, folks. Um, just two stories I want to touch upon very, very quickly, and then we will head into some film, our probably last day of watching film. We'll see if we can squeeze any into tomorrow's show, but we're truly just kind of bat hunting tomorrow. Uh, but the first one up here, and uh, okay, okay, if you want to do this, I just don't know. Uh, is it all right? All right. <laughs> so here it is. Uh, Falcons owner Arthur Blank on re-signing Cordell Patterson, saying, quote, we love to have him back. Now, Cordell Patterson is is good you know that kind of you know runner and passer wide receiver and running back so you know I've got no problem with Arthur Smith wanting him back but it's just like why why not try to look for another guy like him once again Cordell Patterson um you know he's not old he's dirty but I mean once again 
where, you know, every year more athleticism is seen, different ways of playing the game is seen. So why not go and look for that next big piece? Why not go and get it, that next big piece that is going to be kind of the wide receiver running back hybrid? Because Cordell Patterson, it's not like he's great at either one category. He's a gadget guy, and there's better gadget guys out here. So Cordell Patterson last season, 618 rushing yards, and we get 548 receiving yards. So that's good, 1,100 yards production in the running and passing game. But we get Debo Samuel, the same thing, who's actually a true wide receiver and you know a solid running back as well. Uh, Debo Samuel had 1,400 receiving yards alone. <laughs> alone, that's better production overall than Cordell Patterson. This is what we're saying. We get Debo Samuel kind of going into that hybrid uh, receiver, running back position, gadget player overall. That works. You can scheme it good. But Arthur Smith is so fascinated with Cordell Patterson, who is kind of a little bit of an OG, you know, uh, hybrid running back wide receiver guy. But we've got to get better. There's better talent out there than Cordell Patterson. And it's no disrespect to Cordell Patterson, but that never really kind of impacted any games. His overall production was never clutch or, you know, in those games that they won. I mean... They rarely won games last season, the Falcons, so I just don't understand it. So, Debo Samuel, 1,400 receiving yards, and then 365 rushing yards. The man had 1,700 yards in total. So, I just don't understand the fa- the, the fascination with um, Cordell Patterson. It's like, all right, he's good, and you can like him. He is cheap. I think it was only like $3 million for this season. So, I guess at that point, but we don't see him getting better. I don't see him doing like Debo Samuel things, anything close to that. So we'll see what the Falcons do. And if they keep Matt Ryan, then you're going to have the same team that's been here. And it's just going to be so stupid and it's not going to work. So, ugh. but uh, we'll keep an eye on what this Falcons team decides to do. But uh, I'm not loving it. All right, and then the last thing quickly here. We talk we talk coaches here. We love coaches. We love leaders who are coaches as well. And I love this. I got to look at this guy, folks. This defensive guy, defensive coordinator, defensive line coach, Andre Patterson, who was with the Vikings, now with the Giants. And I think I'm loving the Giants. And I don't want to get sucked in and suckered into liking the Giants like we did this season. We had the Saquon canvas. We were buying into Daniel Jones. I even bought into Jason Garrett, folks. I bought into Jason Garrett. I'm a little ashamed of myself for buying into Jason Garrett. They got me, folks. The Giants got their hooks into me, and I was praising Jason Garrett on the show. I apologize. But now bringing in uh, Debo um, Brian DeBull as the head coach, uh, we get Daniel Jones potentially, you know, with an offensive guy. So hopefully we can see Daniel Jones good, and we still got good pieces. Kadarius Tony, if he can stay healthy, and uh, so I think I'm already slowly buying back into the Giants. But we're gonna take it slow because I'm not gonna get fooled by Jason, you know, a Jason Garrett again. But uh, the Giants end up bringing in Andre Patterson, the defensive coach. We'll see if he's going to be the coordinator or defensive line coach or anything like that. But uh, I found a little clip on Twitter of this coach talking at a Vikings press conference because he was the Vikings coach. I've got it up here. Uh, he was the uh, he's been with the Vikings since 2014, defensive line coach for most of the time, and then being promoted to co-defensive coordinator and defensive line coach, and then assistant head coach slash co-defensive coordinator slash defensive line coach this season. So he had his kind of hat and everything on the defensive side of the ball here. 
for the Vikings. And uh, we hear him at a press conference, and this is the greatest quote right here. This is what I'm talking about. Truly, this is, I believe this 100%. Uh, but so he starts kind of the press conference, uh, you know, just kind of the, you know, the questions. Um, you know, he was like... Um, you know, my job is a coach. Um, you know, I'm supposed to teach these players. He's like, you know, when uh, somebody has a problem, you know, in school with a math problem, the teacher's not supposed to get mad at that kid. Uh, you know, that kid's not, not he, he's not learning, you know, on purpose. He wants to try to get it figured out. He's not making the mistakes on purpose. Um, so, you know, my job as a coach, as a teacher, is to pull up a chair and talk with the kid to get it, you know, to get him to be able to solve that problem. And he's like, that's the same on the field. And then he says the quote right here, and I love it. He says, quote, maybe I haven't given uh, him, talking about the player, uh, maybe I haven't given him the right trigger word for the light bulb to come on. Maybe I haven't given him enough reps for that light bulb to come on. But talking about, you know, maybe I haven't said the right trigger word for that light to go off, that is so to a T, folks. Absolutely. I was helping somebody move a couple of years ago, and we were moving this big old washing machine up and down the stairs, and we just weren't able to kind of pivot it in this uh, small you know, uh, we were going up the stairs, so the small kind of stairway, we just weren't getting it, and he, you know, he took the lead, you know, it was his house, you know, I was just helping him out, and, you know, he was going backwards up the stairs, and, you know, he was carrying, and so we have a different perspective, you know, he's up, facing down, I'm down, facing up, and, you know, he just kept repeating, hey, you gotta do this, this, the same word, and I forget what the word was, uh, but, you know, you, you just gotta kind of lift it like this, like this, and I was not grasping the word, because from his perspective, the word, let's just kind of, like, use, like, up and to the left, and it wasn't up and to the left but he was saying like you know you got to lift it up and to the left and his up and to the left is different than my up and to the left because I'm down this way he's up this way so you know from his perspective he was saying the right thing he was technically right we did have to lift it up and to the left but from my perspective it was a little bit like it was a little bit of like a down and to the right a little bit on that so the word that he kept on using it wasn't clicking with me I was like I I'm doing what you're doing and it's not working he was getting frustrated and I was getting frustrated um you know and uh, you know we got it done but you know you know, we were all both mad at each other. We were angry. You know, we were sweating. It was hot. It was a long day. We're going up and stair up and down stairs. We're moving. Moving sucks in the first place. Nobody likes to move. Um, so just that one word, and then you know, kind of after you know, we were breaking everything down. After we finally got the washer and the truck and all that, uh, you know, we were just like, you know, it, it just wasn't clicking. That's why, you know, so, you know, if he said a different word, if he said, hey, you know, you move it this way. Oh, right, right, because it's supposed to be flipped and it's supposed to be opposite because you're going up and I'm going down. But if you did that other word, that light goes off in my head. Oh, oh, of course, I got to lift it up until the, oh, you should have just said that. Why didn't you say that? You were saying it in reverse because of my perspective. So that's what I'm saying. That's such, a, like, language is so big. Like, not everybody has, like, this same experience so you bring in the experience but then you also bring in the language and different how people talk and how people describe things yes there's definitions of words and obviously but the English language that's why it's, it's such a hard grasp because it's so nuanced and you can really and that's what really makes the English language great is because it is so nuanced you can really kind of you know say whatever you want and it kind of can kind of like make like the same sense overall 
Um, so like just saying those different words, keep on working with it. Maybe it's just not clicking. Maybe it's clicking for you because you know, you're the coach, you know this, you've been in the game, you've known the game a little bit longer. I mean, we got 50 year coaches and 20 years players, folks. I mean, there's an experience gap there. Uh, so, you know, you use a different word and I love it, folks. Maybe I haven't gotten the right trigger word for the light to come on. Yes. Yes. Keep on coaching. Keep on teaching. If it, it and once again, he was saying in this press conference, it's not about the players not doing it on purpose. He's not, he's not failing on purpose. It's just maybe not clicking. Yes, you, the coach, you're saying everything potent, potentially right, but maybe that word is just throwing him off and like maybe it's just the word's not grasping and then you hounding on that same word and he's like, all right, I, I kind of get it, but I, I don't truly get it. And then you say that other word and the light bulb goes out. Now y'all are on the same page and you're off, you know, running from that point on. So I love this dude as a coach, Andre Patterson. Let's give this man some love and recognition and maybe, maybe even like a head coaching position in a year or two. Let's see how he does with this Giants team to see if it can kind of you know, blast them into a, you know, head coaching candidate. But, um, well, I'm, I'm buying right back into the Giants, folks, because of Brian. Brian Dable, because of Andre Patterson, coaching is fantastic. We got an offensive-minded coach at the head coaching position. We love it, helping out Daniel Jones. We got a nice defensive mind here that wants to coach and teach, and we do like the Giants' defense already. The Giants' defense was probably the best thing about the team this season, so, man, oh, man, I'm rebuying back into the Giants, folks, and I love this coach right here. Shout out to Andre Patterson. So, he's going to the Giants here. Giants got a good coaching staff overall. I'm loving it, absolutely loving it. Um, all right, so all right, those are all the stories I wanted to touch on quickly here. We probably got time for like one film, so let's watch this. Let's go to um, let's go to Matthew Stafford's best offensively statistic game. This is about week four against the Bucks. So we'll watch this game. We'll watch the highlights, offensively, defensively. How were they scoring? How were they moving the ball? And once again, we'll uh, you know use this for our insight on what the line should be and uh, what we should be taking tomorrow, making our official pick tomorrow. We got the line refresh here, and it's still Bengals plus four. Alrighty, no movement here. We've seen it go from four to four and a half, back down to four and all that. Not Never dipping below four, which we love. Uh, you know, at three and a half, we'd have to take it. We want to get Bengals plus five. Y'all are not giving us that value. So Bengals still pl being plus four about two days before the big game, folks. Alrighty, let's quickly uh, bring up these game highlights. Here we go. And let's see what we get. Let's see what we see. Rams, Bucks, week three um, in SoFi Stadium at home. So let's see what we get. How is Matthew Stafford looking, throwing the ball? Uh, was all of his uh, success? And once again, let's get these stats up here because this was his best statistic game this, uh, this game. Uh, he goes 27 of 38. Let's get that completion up, uh, percentage up real quick. He goes 27 of 38 for 343 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. Yes, sir. Uh, so we get 27 of 38. We get, uh, let me do this, quick math, 27 of 38, and we get 71%. Fantastic. So overall, great game offensively. They win by 10, 34 to 10. And I also want to kind of see how the Rams defense was playing in the highlights. That's why we're watching the game highlights and not just focusing in on truly on Matthew Stafford. I want to take the whole game, get a whole sense of the game, how the game shaked out and played out and all that. 
So, here we go. Matthew Stafford, what do you got for us on this 10-point win against defending Super Bowl champions at home in your best game ever? Let's see how it looks. Here we go. First play up here. We get a uh, potentially first drive. It's third and 10, and he goes deep. And, oh, no, just underthrown. And this is what we get. Deshaun Jackson. This was when Deshaun Jackson was still in the game. Taking a shot play, and it's underthrown. I mean, uh, Deshaun Jackson had about... Let's see. I want to say about five yards on the receiver. Uh, about three yards on the receiver. And Matthew Stafford shorts it. We see Deshaun Jackson having to turn and wait for this ball. And the Bucks defender is able to get there to break it up in time. So once again, we, we've been seeing this all year long. Not just with the addition of OBJ. Of the shot plays by the Rams. And Matthew Stafford really wildly inconsistent with his deep field his deep ball accuracy and I think this is going to get the Rams in trouble folks Sean McVay's got so much pressure the pressure is on the Rams folks can we all agree on that you know we all we all we always know that there's one pressure there's a pressure on one of the two teams more than the other team in the Super Bowl in this year, I think the pressure's on the Rams. Joe Burrow, they weren't supposed to be here. The Bengals weren't supposed to be here. Zach Taylor's not supposed to be here. Sean McVay is supposed to be here. He's been here before and lost it. Matthew Stafford, this may be his last chance in his career to be here. There's more pressure. Matthew Stafford, more experience. Sean McVay, more experience. This is their squad. They built it up. Their defense is fantastic. It's paid. It's Aaron Donald. It's Jalen Ramsey bringing in OBJ, you know, in the back end of the season to shore up the team. The pressure is all on the Rams. They're at home. The pressure is on the Rams. And when this Rams team faces pressure, they don't always look great. Where we get Joey Cool as a cucumber burrow. Folks, who's always calm, cool, collected. Never out of his element, regardless of the amount of pressure on him. So, I don't know, man. These deep balls, we've seen it. And just the accuracy so wildly off. He's going to throw this one. Let's count the yards because it is a big throw, but this isn't something he can't handle. He's going to launch it from the 30-yard line and get it all the way down to the 20. So that's only about 50 yards right there, folks. That's not 50, That's not 55, 60, 65 where it's like, I mean, even the best quarterbacks struggle with that. No, so it's underthrown at 50 yards, and we've seen this time again, the poor accuracy on the deep ball. So I don't love it, folks. I'm still, I still am loving the Bengals plus four, and y'all are making me wait till Saturday to lock it in. How dare y'all? How dare y'all? Um, damn, I'm loving the Bengals. Ooh, man. But uh, hey, you know we're we're taking everything, folks. This is why we're going back. What does this footage say about the line? Is this see? Is this kind of footage validating everything that we're saying? Is it opposite of everything that we're saying? How much opposite? How much should we weigh it? How much should we value it? And all that. And so far, I know it's it's only the first row, the first row of a six minute highlight tape. I get it. But overall, that's what we've been seeing. And here it is again. Even in Matthew Stafford's best game, even when they won 20, uh, 20, uh, 34 to twenty four, and I think they got out to a nice lead. No. Uh, we got 14, 7, 21-7, 21-14, 28-14, 31-14, 31-17, 34-17. So, I mean, they they really had the lead the entire game for the most part. Um, so, and they still had, you know, ups and downs early on in the game. So, and once again, uh, LA put up 20 points in the second half, only put up 14 points in the first half. And we know the Bengals are better defensively in the second half than the first half. So, not looking great all around for the Rams, but let's keep it going here. What else do you got from us? Uh, what do you, what else do you got from, uh, 
What else do you got for us? Win us over Matthew Stafford Rams offense. What do you got? Here we go. Matthew Stafford, 0-0, later first quarter. Nice uh, Cooper Cup wide open on the sideline, and that's always going to happen. That's going to happen in the game. Like I'm not factoring that the Rams are going to win because they're going to lock up Cooper Cup. I'm expecting Cooper Cup to put up a touchdown or two and 100 yards receiving. I've already factored that in to my Bengals plus four pick, folks. So we know that we we don't care if Cooper Cup goes crazy. He's going to go crazy. He's going to get his. It's what else happens for the Rams that's truly going to decide whether they win or lose. All right, Matthew Stafford in the red zone right here. Just set up screen, and that's Tyler Higby, and that's easy peasy, lemon squeezy, third and two, and uh, that's just no chance by that uh, Bucks defense. So nice kind of, you know, a little bit of a, a, a finesse in the red zone, throwing a screen. Nobody's really expecting it. You get Cooper Cup leaking out to the left side, all eyes on him. Defense is instantly shifting to the left, and then you throw the screen to the right. So nice gadget play, and once again, we've seen that. Sean McVay trying to outsmart the room a little bit bit here and there not overall concerning but you know big spots clutch ability uh pressure situations I mean we've get a scoreless first quarter 0-0 game defending Super Bowl champions coming into your house 2-0 this is week three folks early on in the season and it's third and two in the red zone just trying to do something you know um outside the box something a little bit of big big brain IQ out here so once again we're still seeing that a little bit Tyler Higby's fantastic, though, and that's going to be a big problem, a big issue for the Bengals' defense. Big-bodied, tight end out here. Tyler Higby, big beef. Got to love it. All right, Rams up 7-0. We got Tom Brady with the ball right here. Should have been MVP going a little bit deep. Going to Mike Evans on 2nd and 15, picking up the first down. Once again, we'll watch how Jalen Ramsey kind of guards him. And then they just hand off the ball, third and goal from the two-yard line. And that beats the Rams defense. Chris Godwin getting in the end zone, tying up the game. All right, what else do we get here? Who's up next on this highlight? We got to see the Rams defense or the Rams offense. We get here, 59 seconds left at the Bucks 25-yard line. Matthew Stafford, a Cooper Cup on a wheel route down inside the five, down to the one, three timeouts left. That's a beautiful ball right there. And once again, we know Matthew Stafford's a great arm. We're not knocking Matthew Stafford. Once again, we're not knocking all these teams and players 100%. We're just trying to find, you know, that nugget of information that's going to be the key factor on winning this Super Bowl. So when it sounds like we're kind of truly knocking, I mean, we're really not putting that much weight into it. We're just saying what we're seeing here and what we've seen a lot. Uh, but here we go. Matthew Stafford, we know he's fantastic. We know he can make all the throws. We saw the Patrick Mahomes-esque throw. What was that, last week against the Bucs, two weeks ago? Uh, you know, where he kind of, you know, flicked it and then kind of spun around at the same time. We know he can move and be finesseful. Here we go. First and goal, Matthew Stafford. And that's just Cooper Cup wide open in the end zone. And uh, that's easy peasy touchdown right there. Pitch and catch by Matthew Stafford. And that Matthew Stafford, and I love it, folks. And once again, Sean McVay has shown this all year long. Matt, uh, Sean McVay is the first one to congratulate Matthew Stafford on every single big play, running all the way down to the end zone. That's why we love Sean McVay. That's why we think the Rams can win the Super Bowl and Matthew Stafford can be good because he's got the belief factor with everybody. 
All right, here we go. Next play up here. The Rams are up 14 to 7. 25 seconds left right before halftime. Tom Brady trying to do something with the ball. Ball just gets punched out by the Rams defense, but it somehow gets into the hands of the Bucks running backs, and he takes it out of bounds, sets up a 55-yarder attempt, and it's going to go wide right. All right, getting pressure on the field goal. But let's watch this pressure again by Tom Brady. Now, we know Joe Burrow takes all the sacks, takes them all, can't really escape out of the pocket too well. Yeah, that's the biggest knock on Joe Burrow. His escapability in the pocket. He, he looks lost when he's trying to kind of spin out. He doesn't really know which way to kind of roll out. Always decide, uh, depending on what side the pressure comes. He's really not that athletic. The man is really not that quick or accelerating quick or anything like that where he can kind of, you know, move quickly out of the pocket to avoid the last second sacks. So we do know that the Rams defense is definitely going to be bringing the pressure here. And we get Tom Brady getting pressured on. He doesn't really feel it, sense it behind him, and he fumbles the ball. But uh, luckily the ball just pops into the hands of the Bucks. So the the Bengals this week may need the ball to kind of bounce their way one or a few times. Uh, or it could, it could get out of hand. This Rams defense could just absolutely win the game and that's another thing folks what wins championships defense defense what won last season it wasn't Patrick Mahomes grateful finesse uh, he got blown out it was the Bucks defense that really won the game now we know the Bengals defense is good we love the Bengals defense they lock up in the second half and we know this Rams defense is very very good as well I don't know if one defense is clear cut better than the other one so once again how much do we put in the Rams defense being better than the Bengals overall if we're just going based off of defense winning the big game. All right, Matthew Stafford after halftime up 14-7. He's going deep, and this one is right on the money. There it is. Deshaun Jackson wide open down the field, and Matthew Stafford puts it right on him. We know he has the ability to do this. We, we, we never said he can't throw the deep ball, but the inconsistencies, especially in pressure-filled situations, that's going to be the factor. We'll see if he can kind of be 100% clean. Once again, Matthew Stafford having to be 100% clean in this Super Bowl game, having to be 100% clean really, uh, this entire year, and he's never had that pressure. Matthew Stafford, always with the Lions, never had that pressure of, hey, I need to be fantastic. I need to be excellent. I need to be excellence, the embodiment of excellence every single game, every single quarter, because I'm with a winning caliber team now with the Rams. Never had that pressure where he had to be good every game with the Lions. All right, Bucks get the ball here. They're down 21-7. to They're on the one-inch line, and they just punch it in easy-peasy. QB sneak right up the middle, and they are going to announce touchdown. It looks like he crossed the line, and that's the touchdown, and now it is 21-14. So even with the Rams, wide-open passes, Matthew Stafford being good, we still get a close game in the second half. We know they win by 10, and it gets a little bit blown open. I want to say 17 points is the biggest lead, but overall, it's still a closer game. And even with the you know them facing the Bucks in the playoffs, the Bucks coming back, Rams floundering in the second half. Bang, um, you know Bengals defense good in the second half. Rams offense struggled in the second half with all the turnovers. Bengals defense is good in the second half. Can we get that again? Closer game overall. We get four. I think that's good value on a line for potentially a three-point overall game. Close game. Playoff games have been close. Super Bowl. Big eyes, if you want to say the NFL is fixed, it would be a close game. No, why would the Super Bowl be a blowout, but all the playoff games are close? I don't know if that makes the most sense logically, but overall, they're conspiracies, and you know they don't make the most sense just in general. But uh, Matthew Stafford, 
Going deep. There it is. A little bit low on this ball right here. This was third and ten. And let me let's watch this play one more time. Now it was a completion for a first down, but this is a huge pressure field situation. Bucks just scored. Now it's a one possession game. Third and ten. You could almost go three and out here. Matthew Stafford. This ball. That's good. That's actually really good. I, I thought that was a little bit behind, but no, no, no. That's Robert Woods. That's fantastic. That's right on the money. That's a big-time third-down clutch throw. Now we get third and five. Another clutch throw on the same drive. 21 to 14. Going. There it is. A little bit low to Deshaun Jackson, but Deshaun Jackson does his thing and takes it 30 yards on the ground himself. Then we get first and goal from the red zone from the 10-yard line. Matthew Stafford. Boom. Another out route to Cooper Cup. And that's another touchdown for the kid. Yes, sir. Always able to find Cooper Cup. Always able to get open. I don't know what the Bucks defense was doing here. What the hell is going on? What the? You had safety over the top help on Cooper Cup, and he drops down? What are you... What are you, crazy? Uh, you you got to make sure Cooper Cup cannot get behind you. And Cooper Cup got behind him. And that's a touchdown for Cooper Cup. Offensive player of the year. Fantastic. Cooper Cup will get his, folks. And that's definitely going to be a prop bet that we're betting. I'll take Cooper Cup anytime score. Absolutely. I know the odds probably aren't that great, but I'll take it anyway. All right, what else do we get here? They're up 28-14 to 14 now. Tom Brady with the ball in the defense. Comes right at him and comes right at him. Kind of uh, right uh, out of nowhere. So here we go. We get Tom Brady dropping back. One, two, three uh, seconds. And then there's the pressure right up the middle. And Tom Brady cannot go anywhere. Just has to take it. And Joe Burrow will be the same way. Joe Burrow does not have that escapability in the pocket. No way. Here we go. Bucks driving a little bit later. They set up a screen, and Aaron Donald swallows it right up on third and 20, not fooling the Rams defense. Rams a little bit later with the 47-yard attempt, and that's going to complete the 17-point big old lead right here. Well, like we said, I believe the biggest lead of the game. Tom Brady with the ball back. Strike over the middle. Wow, what a ball. Wow, what a ball. Wow, what a ball. Yikes. That was a tight-ass window, and he rocketed it right at their 15 yards down the field. And then he goes deep. Beautiful ball there to Chris Godwin. Rams giving up some big plays here, but they lock up in the red zone. The Bucks have to settle for a field goal to cut it back to 14 points. Now, start of the fourth quarter. Still up 14. Matthew Stafford, play action. Boom, Cooper Cup. Nice little hitch route to the sideline. Catch complete, out of bounds. And then that leads them to their last scoring of the game. A field goal back up to 17 points. Tom Brady, eight minutes left. Down 17, can't really do anything. Defense is just let him, um, you know, get 10, 15 yards, not giving up the big shot play. But uh, they had a turnover because now we get uh, the Rams at midfield with seven minutes left in the running game. Bingo, bango. Who is that? Is that Henderson? Is that Daryl Henderson? What do we got here? Sony Michelle? No, Sony Michelle's first game. Love to see it. Uh, he had a great run right there, kind of icing it a little bit. We get anything else offensively? Uh, another play action pass here. Matthew Stafford getting sacked. Can definitely see that happening uh, with this Bengals defense. We like the Bengals defense. We think it's good. Uh, what else do we get here? One more defensive note. Tom Brady hitting a big old throw down the middle. You know, anything else? Everything else. I mean, there's one more score. Let's watch this Giovanni Bernard score. How did this happen? Tom Brady in the red zone. A dink down, down, and uh, it goes for the touchdown. <clears throat> Barely. 
barely crossed the goal line before he got smacked, but that's a touchdown regardless. So we've still seen, you know, Matthew, Matthew Stafford a little bit of iffy on the deep ball passes. Uh, Sean McVay going a little bit of gadget-wise, a little bit of, you know, outside the ball thinking in the red zone. But overall, the Rams still won the game by 10. They had that offense. They had that defense. And man, oh man, this line, folks, it has been haunting us all week long. I've been kind of waiting out for y'all to make the decision a little bit easier for us. Like if we got five, yes, that's easier. That's an easier decision for us. But y'all keeping it here at four, four and a half, truly making us decide here. And with the Vegas putting the line at Rams minus four, all the big belief there, it's over the three-point hook. So you would think you would get good value with the four but now Vegas is probably thinking this is going to be like a seven point game so four is probably buck it means nothing here in this game because if it's a seven point game who cares the four points who cares the swallowing four points it's a seven point game so Vegas saying hey this is more a seven point game than a three point game uh going against our Bengals plus four because you know, getting plus four, it seems good. It's good if it's a field goal game, but if it's a touchdown game, it means nothing. And Vegas putting it like this, folks. Vegas, last game of the season, Super Bowl, biggest game. They know the money's going to be flowing. They're playing the game here, folks. And I just don't know which way is the right place as of this moment. We like the Bengals plus the four, but I don't like that Vegas put the line at the Bengals plus four, kind of showing that, hey, this is a good value. Take it. And then the Rams win by seven. So... We've got one more day, folks, locking it, locking it in tomorrow officially. I'm going to see what everybody else says because all the major picks from all the major networks are coming in today because it's the last business day. Uh, so I'm kind of waiting for what they to say. I want to see what their take is and all that. That will factor our decision a little bit. Are they saying the same things we are saying? Are they agreeing, disagreeing? What are they saying? We'll take that into account. But we're back tomorrow, live noon Eastern, for our final show, potentially, before the big game. We're still deciding whether we're doing something on Sunday or not. Uh, but Saturday will be our full focus on to the NFL. We'll go over the NBA quicker than what we've done the last two days. I think we've spent 50 minutes on the NBA more uh, over the last two days. But... We'll be back tomorrow hunting on the props. Tons of props to go over. We've been finding great props in the NBA, folks, and we got to get that value in the NFL to y'all. So we're going to get out of here. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We're back live tomorrow noon Eastern for our Super Bowl prop hunt show. Prop hunt show and our official pick on the spread line. Um, so that is going to do it for us, and we will see you tomorrow, folks. Have an absolute great one, and we'll see you tomorrow, folks. A couple more sleeps to the Super Bowl Sunday. Sheesh, cannot wait. Have a great